we are now done with the Feast of Booths. That is where we finished um, before the break, which that was like two solid <coughs> chapters of Jesus saying, like, I am the light, I am the bread, I am all these things in the world. So it's kind of fun to be out of there, and we're in now more of the stories. Um, case, we are doing one of the miracles that happened. Um, we're doing the kind of the first part of Jesus healing a man who was born blind. Um, so I'm going to read it, and we can go from there. As he passed by, he saw... Here, hold on. <clears throat> As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It is not that this man sinned, or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me, while it is day, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. He anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. He went and washed and came back seeing. Uh, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This, is not, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there were divinities. And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Alright. Fun, fun little text. Uh, see a lot of kind of themes that we've seen previously in John. Um, so, one thing hey, oh. that... Go ahead. Rook, well, never mind, never mind. You we'll sure? Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't important. Okay. So, um, one thing I'd like to point out throughout um, this story as we go through it is there is a clear progression of the blind man. Um, we don't see the progression fully, um, until we go kind of through the entirety of John 9, which will probably take maybe like two more weeks after this one. Um, we'll, we'll see clearly kind of something that John is illustrating, the story that I thought was very important. Um, that is, uh, just be looking out for that. I'm not going to be super explicit about it, but, you know, just think about it. <laughs> if you come later weeks. 
All right, so let's get started with verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. All right, nothing too much with that. He's just been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered them, It was not this man or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Um... Uh, Go ahead. Real quick, I just wanted to know how, like, this is the same question that was asked in Job. Like, when that big section of the book where it's him and his friends talking, his friends are trying to figure out, well, what did you do wrong? And we, yeah. as the readers, know that he did nothing wrong, that this was Satan afflicting him to see if he would curse God and die. Yeah, that was that's true. That was actually one of the things I was going to point out here is the parallel between that um, with the parallel of it was not any particular sin, but to show the glory of God and some of the deeper theology in it is so um, like a lot of first century Jews, they thought that the main infliction of sin in physical ailments such as this, or such as what happened to Job, where he had, like, stuff breaking out all over his body, his family dying, everything's just not going too well for him. They think it's because of a particular sin. That was just kind of what happened, um, whether that be a case because of how they viewed the law and uh, the implications of that, where if you did certain things, you were unclean for, like, a day, um, a lot of stuff like that in Leviticus. And so it's kind of like... That, that was just kind of what a lot of first century Jews believed. Um, but um, with Job and with this man in particular, it is uh, very clear that they are, um, they are there to show the glory of God. So um, when Job was being hurt, obviously for the first while, he was um, glorifying God and still being thankful to it. And when Job glorifies God... That's showing kind of the, the glory of God, as well as God's judgment being a form of his glory. Uh, hey, hey, Maggle, how you doing? Dude, those words, so true. Really so true. Cool. Like, I'm actually yeah. really glad those, those were the first things I heard. So continue, please. I'm sorry. The, wh- what was the first things that you heard? That God's judgment is, a, is part of his glory. Yeah. Because really, think about, like, in a position, like, today, we take guilt on things. It's like, no, he's true and true like it's not like oh i'm gonna it's like he gave you lots of chances god's yeah god's judgment and his perfect judgment points to his glory because he is a perfect judge how truly good and like truthful and like all that it's just it's beautiful yeah that's all i can put it at and i know it sounds like really hippy dippy but no 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 you're good man (laughs) i'm glad (laughs) um so orange juice nice (laughs) um but what we understand as being as um so for this instance this is not obviously saying that everyone who was born with a certain ailment in their body is uh that's done so to necessarily glorify god i think jesus is talking about this man in particular because he then directly goes and heals him showing the glory of god um whereas a lot our understanding of physical ailments and everything comes from um it comes from original sin 
It comes from living in a fallen world. That's in, that's just kind of the byproduct of it. Uh, natural disasters hurt everything bad is from living in a fallen world. Uh, let's see. It's just no. Oh, okay. So is that what you mean when you say original sin? Mm-hmm. So the when I say original sin, I'm talking about Adam sinning mm. and the curse of sin because of mm. the first sin, the original sin. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I think that's the, this passage. I don't know, it might lead some people to be a more hyper charismatic, such as like doing faith healings. And still doing that, I personally don't believe in that. Um, and so they might cite passages like this and say, look, these people are all hurt to show the glory of God, that then we can heal them through God. I don't think that this is what this passage is saying. Um, so let's move on to verse 4. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Um, why could they not work at night? Lights. They don't have, like, yeah. flashlight. Like, honestly, this is, this is a very good place to say, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. It's just something small. I, people in that time period didn't work at night. So there's no know. point in saying, like, that's just, I, I think that's just the end of it. Like, they, okay. just, they just didn't work at night. Um, uh, I was just wondering if there was, like, some deeper theological uh, meaning behind it. But, yeah, I no. mean, that does make sense, like, without flashlights and all you know I, I mean just people didn't work at night they slept at night they only worked during the day yeah. um so there's that yeah yeah in those times by the time the sun went down like all you had they were already was, asleep like, torches and candles and lanterns and that would be like just enough light to you know find a house in particular or right. get to bed or what have you yeah you couldn't do anything yeah right and um because I, I at first did make it a mountain out of the molehill with this verse, particularly verse 4. Um, I was like, what does this mean? I can't interpret this. Uh, what is this saying? But yeah, I think it's just as simple as that. Um, but verse 5, as long as I am in the light of the world, I am, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Christ is here, or as Christians, we're supposed to reflect Christ, be the salt and light of the world. Christ is is now king over the world. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and we're supposed to reflect him and be the light of the world. Um, and then he's also claimed to be the light in the world uh, in previous passages in John, mainly at the Feast of Booths, where he says, I am the light of the world. Um, having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, uh, which means ascent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. I remember this. Something interesting is about to come up that we're going to talk about. Calling that. All right. <laughs> um, so he. I think the more uh, 
uh, I guess firstly, uh, to clear some stuff up with how, uh, yeah, have y'all been reading and you ever see the, like, little brackets that says, which means a certain word? Mm -hmm. Did you ever wonder why it was like that? I know. Or I think I do. Okay, let me hear your explanation. Because it's... Because, okay, so the New Testament... The Old Testament's written in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. New Testament's written in Greek. Yes. And I know... Yeah, anyways, yeah. accepting that largely. Um, some words were in Greek... Were some words in the New Testament were borrowed straight from Hebrew, and that's why. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so John was a Jew. Uh, obviously, people still spoke Hebrew, as well as Aramaic, as well as Greek. Um, and when he writes, uh, like, which means a certain word, it's generally like the pool is called by a Hebrew name, but he is still writing for a larger Greek audience and a larger audience in a more universal language at the time. So he clarifies in Greek, which means blank. Um, that's if you're ever curious about that. I actually didn't know that until I was kind of looking around more at that. Um... But having said these, these things, he spun the ground and made mud uh, with the saliva, and he anointed the man's eyes with mud, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So I think, uh, yeah, he just, he spit on the ground. Just, he cleared his sight with this. Um, he sent him to the pool of scent. <laughs> so that's kind of that's funny, but he's also, um, also Christ. Was sent. There's there's a lot of sent words that you could be applied to this to make some weird sounding sentences. Sentences. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, I think uh, the the more important portion of this is uh, focusing on the end of verse seven. He went and he washed and he came back seeing. So he washed and he came back seeing. Not only physically he came back seeing. But throughout this passage, we'll see that spiritually, he came back seeing. He was no longer blind. Um, he, his eyes, uh, both of his sets of eyes have been opened to Christ. And you know what? I said I wasn't going to be upfront about it, but I'm just going to be upfront about it. So the, the main progression that John, what's up? What? Are you mad at that? You weren't even here for me to say I wasn't going to be upfront about it. Kind of, you know, your word is what you, you're bounded by. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, uh, first here he says he is a prophet. Um, but then later um, he says that uh, he raises doubts about the accusations that Jesus is a sinner. That's in verse 25. And he acknowledges that, the son, that Jesus is the son of God um, and worships him. Uh, and that's verses uh, uh, 35 through 38. So the one of the main progressions in the story is that of the blind man. He starts off not knowing who he is. Then he starts uh, goes to calling him a prophet. Then he goes to uh, raising accusations against or raising doubts about the accusations that people like the Pharisees are bringing up against him. And then eventually calling him the son of God and worshiping and praising him. By the way, if you have anyone from, say... Islam or a Muslim tell you Jesus never said bow down to me and worship uh, later in John when we get to it mainly um, in verses uh, oh let me 
find him again, uh, verses 35 through 38, he does not deny this man's worship, which is a clear indicator that if Jesus was still a prophet, if he was only a prophet, then he would say, no, do not worship me, worship God. He, he would deny his godhood in that, that place, because why would a prophet want people worshiping him when the prophet's ultimate goal is to point to God? So that's this is a good proof text for, for things like that, where they raise accusations. And yeah, he didn't say bow down and worship me, but he doesn't stop people from doing so. Um, John nine twenty seven. the answer to them, I already told you, and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want... What is this? I, I love that one, do you also want, want to, be to become disciples? That's just... I, I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, it's, it's almost like an invitation to you right, right then and now. Yeah. Like like not directly, but like in an indirect sense, it just kinda makes you think like mm-hmm. what's stopping me from being a disciple today. They were still disciples even after Jesus uh ascended back into heaven. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, so that's one thing that I guess to keep in mind during this um during the story, uh, seeing the the progression of this man, because ultimately, I think John wants to illustrate that that is what other people should do, is that they should they they should understand, and like these are kind of logical steps to a conclusion from more of a Jewish point of view or more of like a first century person point of view of you're more willing to accept a prophet and then you're more willing to defend him and then ultimately coming to the true conclusion that he is the son of God. So, yeah. Uh, Let's see, verse 8. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Uh, Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. All right. Um, So, firstly, uh, this miracle is so amazing that people are astonished to even see, to even think that he's the same dude. A dude who was born blind, a beggar, uh, has really no, like, nothing he can do. He's blind, blind for life. Um, Just begging for money so he could survive. And then when they see him seeing and no longer a beggar, um... They uh, that type of transition is astonishing. I think it shows the glory of God in that way of um, he's healing these people and that he is interacting with his creation and that he is more powerful than us, but he is also a good and generous God. He did not have to come back and give this man his sight. But... He did. He performs miracles. He establishes his glory. Um, And I also think uh, kind of an application that we can also draw from it is that uh, when we are made anew in Christ, there should be a clear distinction from our old selves. Uh, Before we were sinners and rebellious to God, but now we are glorifying God and praising God and we have a hope and our 
our change in attitude in how we go about things should be so drastically different that people say, what the heck happened to them? Obviously, it's going to be harder to do that with, um, with something spiritual. Physical is right in front of people. They understand it. They get it because it's right in front of them. That's what they're most familiar with interacting. But I think it can go a step further and say, when you were a Christian, you are acting completely different from how you were in your old life to the point of saying, is this even the same man? Um, well put. Thank you. Hey, man. All glory to God. Um, you get away, man. So, so far, um, is there any questions? We're kind of at a midpoint in the passage. Uh, anything you want to add or could be a question, anything. You can even just say no. Did we skip the pools thing? The go wash in the oh, pool of Siloam? Yeah, but then the angel, right? No, that was in John 4. Oh, that's different. Yeah, you're getting your verses mixed up. No, you don't understand. No, I understand exactly what you think is happening, and it's not. <laughs> it's not, I promise. <laughs> So, you're all good, Winston? I think so. You're I'm all good. good, Joe. You're good, Eric. You're a good Maggle. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I'm Maggle. Y'all make it too easy. Um, <laughs> so they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, uh, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Um, yeah? That is what happened. Um, they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Uh, yeah. And then... What verse was that? Okay, 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So, they, so the Pharisees... Again asked him how he received his sight, and he said to them, He put mud on my eyes and washed it. Um, so, uh, actually, I'll go ahead and read half of the next verse. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. So this is something that's already happened in John. Jesus had made a lame man walk, and that's the, on the Sabbath day. And that is the main reason that they were kind of pursuing him. And there's kind of, um, the Pharisees are wanting to arrest him because he worked on Sabbath day. Uh, they conf they eventually confront him at the Feast of Booths and just, uh, yeah. So, the same thing is still happening. Jesus is still doing the same thing of where he is working, I'll put working in quotation marks, working on the Sabbath. Um, but he's not breaking the Sabbath uh, before since, uh, you know, some of you weren't here um, when we went over the passage. Uh, Jesus cites um, circumcision. Um, so uh, they would circumcise. They would hold circumcision above the Sabbath. So they would circumcise eight days after the baby was born. And if that happened to fall on the Sunday, then they do circumcision over uh holding the sabbath because circumcision doesn't break the sabbath circumcision is um 
making the body well in their view because it is what the law required it required circumcision on the eighth day and when you put them in line with the law that is making their body well and is their body is now following the law that has been given so jesus cites that and says you i make a whole man's body well on the sabbath and you only do circumcision how are you going to tell me that these healings break the sabbath because they they thought that healings would break the sabbath but it's it's not no nowhere in levitical law does it say that healings break the sabbath um but yeah that's they're, they're still held up on the sabbath thing um, and then in the rest of the verses, uh, but, or in the rest of verse 16, but others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Um, and there was division among them. So now they're going back and forth between he's breaking the Sabbath. And then they're also like, he, he's a sinner. The, the sinners cannot make a whole man's body well. That is not the work of the devil. Restoring people's spirits and restoring their bodies is not the work of, devil, of the devil and sin. Sin tears down our bodies and tears down our spirit. Um, so how can such a man who's doing these things be like they called him? They said he had a demon earlier. Um, and they are... They're, they just think that he's a sinner or some type of devil worshiper or something. But... Clearly, as we know today, uh, that that wasn't the case. Um, it is definitely uh, definitely something that was majorly cleared up during the resurrection, um, where he defeats sin and death and all that stuff. Um, so they said again to the blind man, "What do you say about him? Since he has opened your eyes?" And he said, "He." is a prophet so um which is incorrect uh not necessarily what's incorrect is if you add only before it so jesus is prophet priest and priest king. king yeah he is all of those things when you just label him as a king when you just label him as a priest or when you or, or you just label him as a prophet then you are not uh you're not describing the full nature of Christ. You are limiting the nature of Christ to what it is not only that. Um, so he's not necessarily wrong in saying it, um, but he's also probably has kind of a misunderstood view, and he's still developing. The man is still developing what he is understanding, as we see. That's what this whole... That's uh, something that this whole passage illustrates. Um, yeah. I think that's a... That's a good kind of stopping point. We've been at it for like 30 minutes or so. Any any thoughts, any additions, any questions, any anything? So, I mean, today was like my first time. Okay. I'm gonna, I I did appreciate it. I liked it. But what, what do you guys usually do? Just like talk about verses and things like that? Yeah, so we've been going through John and... Uh, I kind of uh, kind of talk through it verse by verse, do the overview verse by verse, stuff like that. Yeah, everyone is more than welcome to answer questions, to ask questions and like talk about it in more discussion format. Um, so, that, yeah, that's kind of just what we normally do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem.
Yeah, thanks, Houston. Yeah. And how about you, Maggle? You always got some spicy questions. Yeah. <laughs> Are you lying about not being my dad? Yes. Okay. That's a. That, yep. You took that really well. All right. Well. What, what, did right. You, uh, what did you want me to do? I don't know, man. Man. Um. Okay. <laughs> um. Prayer requests before I end us in prayer. Oh, my guy Billy at work is he is like all mad and upset and confused because his family was like Catholicism's all the way, and then he was like, but it doesn't make sense, and now he's just dropped everything altogether. So that maybe he may have the opportunity to realize that he was just misled and will go on the right path. Okay, prayer for Billy, the Catholic my Church. My guy, Billy. Thank you. What about you, Eric? Um, probably the safety of my friends and family. Okay. Am I here? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, actually, since uh, uh, Jungle Ham, <laughs> I already Sorry. forgot. I already forgot your name. No, that's all right. I forget my name all the time. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned the guy at work, um. There's uh, been one of the guys on my shift who's been sick. Uh, he's uh, he's diabetic, and he's been out of work for a good number of weeks. He's supposed to be coming back uh, next week, I believe. Mm -hmm. Although he although that that's been said before, and he's been pushing his head. He's had his comeback day pushed back before, so just uh, okay. pray for healing over him. Yeah. What about you, Winston? Uh, I think I'm pretty good. Winston's over here living the perfect life, everyone. Over yeah. <laughs> um, here living a perfect life. Okay, so uh, Joe with coworker, Eric with um family and friends safety, and your guy was named Billy. Yeah, my okay, guy. Okay, your guy Billy. Okay. My guy Billy. Your guy Billy. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right, <laughs> dear Lord, um, I thank you for this time that we were able to, uh, study your word and um just learn more. Uh, about you, God, and your nature, and how we can more reflect you, God. Uh, I just pray for Maggle and uh, his his man, Billy, um, that he will uh, come out of the hurt uh, that comes with false teaching, Lord, um, or with being led astray in certain facets, um, and that he will come to you and glorify you, Lord, and that you will change his heart. I also pray for Eric, um, that for the safety of his family and friends, and also himself, uh, that everyone in his life will remain safe and will remain just under your hand, Lord. Um, I pray for Joe with his co-worker and his injury, uh, that you will heal him, that you will make him well, that you will, um, that it'll all point to you, Lord, as a showing of your glory, um, just for a swift recovery and everything, um, with comeback dates being pushed back and it not seeming to necessarily be going the way that's expected, Lord. Um, I pray for, uh, Winston that, uh, he'll find something to have a prayer request about. Um, but I just pray that even as life is going good for him, that'll continue to go good, Lord, and that he'll continue to glorify you. 
I just pray for everyone here that we can just read your word and pray and glorify you, God. Um, yeah, I just thank you for this time of intentionality and pseudo-fellowship, internet fellowship, um, and just the reading of your word and how wonderful it is and how much it changes our hearts, Lord. I pray all these things in your wonderful and holy name. Amen. <laughs>